Welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half truth. Full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Steroids Podcast. Increase the frequency of the episodes lately, and you guys have really been liking that, I've noticed. So I've had a lot of comments from people, messages, emails, you know, steroidspodcast at gmail.com about liking the podcast, enjoying the more frequent uploads. Cool. Happy to do that for you guys. I want to ask you guys right now to do something. I want you to put the podcast on pause. If you have an Apple phone or you have iTunes access, Apple Podcasts app. I want you to go to the Apple Podcasts app or iTunes and look up the Steroids Podcast on there and give it a five-star review. If you're listening on Spotify, same thing. I want you to give it a five-star review on Spotify. So out of all the different places that people listen to this podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc., Apple Podcasts iTunes is the number one place where people listen to this. So there's the most listeners on that. And... I want to make the podcast grow more on the app. And the way to do that is to get more reviews, okay? More five-star reviews. If you leave a comment on the review along with your five-star review, that makes it even better. That sends signals to that app that this is a podcast that people are enjoying and that they should recommend more to people who are listening to bodybuilding podcasts and to people who are doing searches for bodybuilding contests, uh, bodybuilding podcasts. So if you like the podcast and you'd like to help uh, spread the good word, you know, and I know that a lot of you guys that listen to this podcast, you know, you want to remain anonymous for, you know, reasonable uh, reasons. So you won't uh, maybe not feel comfortable like sharing some of this kind of stuff on like Facebook or Instagram or stuff. So if you'd like to, you know, give a helping hand out to this podcast, the steroids podcast and um, help it grow going to Apple podcasts. That's the number one place. And if you don't have a, an Apple phone, then going to Spotify and leaving a five-star review for this podcast. I would appreciate that big time. So if you were standing there and you were like, yeah, I'll do it. Or if you were listening to this podcast and you were like, okay, I'll do it. I would be like, yes. And I'd give you, bam, I'd give you a big ass high five. Okay. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I really appreciate that, bro. All right. Next order of business is if you guys want to get on the phone with me or join the one month daily text messaging program on WhatsApp, um, hit me up at steroidspodcast at gmail.com to do that. So with the, there's been some questions about the, the text messaging program and what that is. So there's a bunch of guys that are podcast listeners that we talk every day on the WhatsApp um, text messaging program. And so that isn't just about steroids, you guys, or just about gear. Okay. I, you know, when we do that, um, I'm there for you for whatever you need. So it's, you know, diet, training, um, adherence, um, gear cycles, side effects, troubleshooting, you know, a lot of these personal trainers, you know, you hire them and, and that's, that's, I hired a personal trainer too, back when I was natural, you know, I, I hired my Ogus's coach, um, to coach 3d team, 3d MJ, you know, and they just bark orders at you and, and they're like, follow it, follow it, follow the plan. And it's so stupid, you know, and, and if you say like, you know, what you're telling me to do is causing me extreme pain and suffering and making it so that I can't live my life. 
They're like, well, you need to be harder, stronger, and more hardcore. That's the sign of a coach or a personal trainer who has no idea what in the fuck they are doing, okay? The kind of trainers that are the real ones that get results are people who go with your situation, they can deal with your psychology and your metabolic system, your body type, and they can find out what you need to do to get the best results for you. They don't just bark orders at you and say, this is what you're going to do. They help you individually, okay? So that's what my uh, monthly text messaging program is about. It's $99 a month. And uh, it's, you know, we can talk every day on there. Uh, the maximum amount of time that guys go between uh, replies from me is 24 hours, but it's usually less. So that's that. And then the next thing would be that um, follow steroids podcast on Instagram. And if you want to see like my daily life, you know what I'm doing. I always on bodybuilder in Thailand on Instagram, you can follow me on there and I, the story, you know, people, people like to watch the story on there of, of what I'm doing. Um, uh, And, you know, it's the same thing, you know, on my Instagram story. If you enjoy the, you know, brutal honesty about, you know, what I talk about on this podcast, you know, that's my personality, not just uh, with with roids, you know. I am 100% only about the truth, about my entire life, about everything that's going on. And you know what? I'm willing to die for freedom, okay? And I'm not just saying that. I'm willing to die for freedom. And so, it, this is the kind of person you're dealing with. This is the kind of person you're dealing with, okay, guys? All right, the first question for today on the podcast is from Dane. Dane asks, been reading people say minimum 500 milligrams or more for Primobolin, and you've mentioned up closer to 1,000 milligrams for optimal results. Now, I know that farm grade versus UGL is a whole debate in itself, but for the sake of this discussion, let's assume that the quality is as expected. And yeah, there's been a little bit of um, um, confusion about that. Like, is Primobolin, is it possible to get UGL Primobolin that is, you know, accurately dosed and good? Yes, yes. Any kind of um, steroid hormone can be had from UGLs um, at maximum potency and can be made well, you know, it's, it's about finding the right ones. If you're using UGLs, if you're not using pharma grade gear, these UGLs, you know, if they have the right, um, you know, the right raw ingredients and, you know, they're making them in a very sterile environment using high quality, uh, you know, uh, sterilants, dilutants and oils to do it they can make a very good product that is comparable to pharmaceutical grade. Now, you are playing Russian roulette when you're finding this out, okay? But if you do find it out, and and when I say Russian roulette too, I mean, it's it's not like you're gonna, you know, a lot of people have what happened to me with my leg. That's not normal, okay? That's very not normal, but it does happen. What I mean is that, you know, there's not very many bullets in the chamber when you're playing Russian roulette, okay? It's very, very low po- probability, but, you know, the chance is still there, okay? So that's what I'm saying about UGL. Some people, too, have asked me, like, continually, you know, like, you know, like, um, you know, should I feel bad if I'm using UGL or something? And, you know, my answer to that is that most people who are bodybuilders are using UGL, okay? Now, the one thing that you do not ever want to use UGL is, is for growth hormone, okay? And the reason for that is because even if it's tested, even if it's tested with mass spectrometry and it's the same as PharmaGrade or it's better than PharmaGrade, it's overdosed, it's bullshit, okay? It's bullshit. How you make growth hormone is you have genetically engineered viruses, okay? And you have E. coli bacteria. And you use the genetically engineered viruses to insert them into the E. coli bacteria and make genetic changes to the E. coli bacteria with the viruses so that the genetically modified E. coli bacteria now produces for its reproductive product human growth hormone instead of more E. coli bacteria, okay? So if you think that some dude in a lab can make that, no, no, the only stuff that works the right way, and this is what the pros are using. The only people who are using the generic dog shit, 
is gym rats, okay? So if you want to look like pros or you want to like look like your heroes, you need to use what they're using. It's the same thing if you're playing music. You need to use the same equipment that they're using, okay? So I know that a lot of you guys say something like, uh, oh, well, I just want to be on growth hormone and it's tested and, and I just want to use growth hormone and I don't want to pay for the real thing. Sorry, just don't use growth hormone. Just don't use it until you can, okay, because the real thing, you see the results in three to four days from taking two to three IUs a day, okay? They say growth hormone takes a long time to see the effects. No, no, that is a lie for the purpose of scamming you, okay? That is a lie. Growth hormone is one of the most fastest acting performance enhancing drugs in existence, and it will completely change the way that your body looks within one week of starting it, okay? So that's pharmaceutical grade growth hormone. That is why you never, ever use something that a doctor would not feel comfortable giving to someone in a hospital. It has to be brand name. Okay, so a lot, back to the primo bullying. But did the golden era, did the golden era dudes use a thousand milligrams of primo bullying or did they use less? If I'm just shooting for aesthetics and a little tissue growth, can 400 or even 200 milligrams give me some benefit or is it just a total waste? Okay, the answer is that it's not a total waste. Um, taking steroids is never a total waste, okay? Whenever you take steroids, they help you build muscle, okay? More has a more potent effect. More types of steroids has a more potent effect. More dosages of steroids has a most more potent effect, okay? The do less with more thing is a do as I say, not as I do thing, if big guys are telling you that, okay? So... Yes, it is uh, unhealthy to use massive dosages of steroids. Um, yes, it is a smart thing to do to use, you know, less, you know, as, as long as it's still realistic for your goal. But, you know, you see these big guys, you see these freaks, and they're telling you to do that and saying, you know, that's not what they did, okay? So they're giving you advice, and then they're not following that advice. That's not what they did. Even if they say, this is what I did. They're lying to you, okay? That is not true. Steroids have a dose-dependent effect on muscle size and strength, okay? And this is very well documented. Do not believe these guys that say that they are on TRT or, you know, TRT with two IUs of growth hormone per day and a tablet of provirin per day, and they look like some freaky bodybuilder, okay? They are lying to you. They are lying to you. Okay, so as far as Primobol and what the effects are, you can get an effect from Primo Bullion at 500 milligrams per week, okay? I personally, I wouldn't use it at less than 400 milligrams per week. So I know guys that use TRT, they use um, 250 to 400 milligrams of testosterone per week, or sometimes even 500 milligrams per, of testosterone per week, and they'll use 400 milligrams of Primo Bullion per week alongside that. And the look that this gives um, and what you, can, what you can achieve on this um, is a look that is like... You know, you look like you're like a, a muscular athlete, you know, like you look like, you know, like an, like an NFL player. Okay. Like an NFL player, but you know, look at NFL players, you know, they're not, you know, super ripped, super freaky and super big at the same time. You know, it's like the guys who are super big also carry more body fat. The guys who are super ripped they carry less size, okay? So this is what I'm saying, is that you, you will look, you will not be like um, a super big freaky bodybuilder, but you will look like a dude who is an athlete who definitely goes to the gym, and, you know, people will, can see, you can achieve this kind of thing on, on this kind of uh, stack, right? So 400 milligrams of Primo Bullion, 500 milligrams of testosterone, 250 milligrams of testosterone. You can achieve the kind of physique that is gonna make people, you know, not think, oh, well, you know, you're just, you go to the gym. What, what the hell? You, you think you're a bodybuilder? Um, you, you don't got nothing, uh, you, you know, because that's, that's the way that it is for a lot of naturals where, you know, their hard work is totally not reflected in the results, okay? So this is enough to make people think, this guy trains in the gym. He goes to the gym. This is a guy who has more muscle than the average person. And he's able to do that while staying lean, okay? But it's not going to be building you up some kind of big uh, big body, you know, that is like a, a total powerhouse or something like that. Like that in your dreams, in your dreams, 
Okay. Um, if you want, you know, if you want premium bullion to, to be effective and be like a powerful roid, it needs to be taken at 700 to a thousand milligrams per week. And it can be taken in more too. Okay. So it is a powerful roid. And you know, it's the same thing with testosterone though, you guys, is that, you know, if you take 500 milligrams of testosterone per week, you know, even for your first cycle, everyone is disappointed. Everyone. Okay. Okay. It's a disappointing experience. So if you take something like Primobolin that is weaker than testosterone or Equipoise that is weaker than testosterone and you think like, oh, I'm going to use these tiny amounts of milligrams, like 250 milligrams a week. Welcome to TRT, bro. Welcome to TRT. Like you got to be realistic with these things. And, and this is what you see. Like, you know, this is why I'm like, you know, pretty passionate about like calling out these freaking liars and shit because, you know, they're lying like that because they want to be bigger than you. And you know what? They're making you feel like shit about yourself, okay? And they want to be, you know, feeling like they're some kind of god, okay? So you can tell them to fucking shove it, okay? If you, if you, you got to be realistic about, about, you know, using these hormones in bodybuilding. They, so guys in the golden era, you know, these guys that say, oh, I used a shot of Deca a week. And I used uh, 20 milligrams Anivar a day and, and three D-balls, 15 milligrams a day, <laughs> Dude, those guys are lying out their asses. They're lying out their asses, okay? You want to hear something that is real? You want to hear something that is real? Go to Rick Drayson's channel, Rick's Corner on YouTube, okay? R.I.P. Rick Drayson. He just died a couple days ago. Very sad. One of the best sources for golden... The best source. Not one of. The best source for golden era bodybuilding that has ever existed. Rick Drayson on YouTube. Rick's, cor Rick's Corner is his channel, okay? And he had bodybuilders from the golden era on. And most of them always lied about what they were doing. But Rick didn't lie, okay? Rick didn't lie about what he was doing. Um, but he wouldn't speak for others, okay? But he had a few guys come on his channel that opened it up and exposed the lies about the golden era, okay? One of them was Pete Grimkowski. And, you know, he talked about how he was using, at a minimum, 10 milliliters of gear per day. Okay? And you say, oh, is this guy lying? Is this guy lying? No, he's not lying. He's telling the truth. Okay? He's telling the truth. If you want to look like a science experiment, you put, you make yourself a science experiment, okay? You will not look like on, you're on drugs if you're not on drugs. Being a bodybuilder is a drug look. That means that you are using unnatural hormones and unnatural dosages of them. So, I don't mean to sound harsh about this guy, about this guys. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like, uh, you know, like crush anyone or anything like that. I'm just trying to really hammer this through your guys' heads that what you have been told and taught about what bodybuilding is, is a lie. Okay. It is a lie. And if you will, and, and if you will just understand this, it's like, it's like a painful truth that like, you don't want to know. And like a lot of people want to bury their heads in the sand and, and don't want to like, don't tell me, don't tell me. Because it's, it's an uncomfortable truth and they don't want to, you know, they want to have this dream that they can achieve what their, you know, their vision while not doing that. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but that's going to result in um, depression, sadness, and um, unfulfillment, okay? We have got to be realistic about what is happening in the world, what people are doing, how to do things, okay? You, we, we have to be honest with ourselves, and not hide from unpleasant information. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about with Primo Bone. Okay. These guys that say that they're or, or Deca or whatever, you know, these golden era guys that say they're on using low dosages. That's not true. They were using astronomical dosages. Okay. As much as they could possibly handle that is pro bodybuilding. And they were the pro bodybuilders of the time. All right. Ugly truth. Ugly truth. Okay, next question is from Anonymous. Hey, Dan, loving the podcast. Have learned so much while listening, while traveling between job sites. I have a new cycle with... Oh, shit. I have a new cycle with 750 milligrams of testinanthate per week, 600 milligrams of equipoise per week, with a kickstart of Superdrol 20 milligrams for four weeks. I'm just starting 
my third week and I'm noticing I tend to urinate a little bit more. I do drink lots of water, but does anything I'm taking cause this and what is the issue? Yeah, your, your prostate swollen. So um, when certain steroids like Masteron are used, like Masteron has, that's the main side effect of taking Masteron is, um, you know, your prostate swelling up um, and then your skin becoming like an oil slick with thick um, oil that is not natural, uh, which makes your skin look good and shiny. Um, so that, that's Masteron and Superdrol comes from Masteron. Okay. It doesn't, it's not, you know, like it's not Masteron, you know, people say like some, some things like, isn't Superdrol just methylated Masteron? Okay. Well, the methylation completely changes the character of the steroid. Just like D-ball is nothing like Equipoise because D-ball is methylated Equipoise. Okay. When you add that change to the hormone molecule, it completely changes the character of the molecule. Okay. But you can say that like it's a parent hormone, so it likely has some similar characteristics to its parent hormone that it comes from, okay? It's definitely its own hormone and completely different than its parent hormone that it was made from. But it can share some characteristics, okay? So Superdrol is very androgenic and it's very anabolic and it's very stimulating. So when you're on Superdrol, normally um, if you don't have a super toxic response to it, I don't. Um, most don't, but some do. Um, you will have more energy. You will have more dopamine. You will be more ready to go. Exercising on a moment's notice, springing into action on a moment's notice. Um, and so this, this could be causing um, some, because of its androgenicity and because of its parent hormone being Masteron, it could be causing some effects uh, in your prostate. But you know, what is more likely is that you're on 750 milligrams of testosterone. It's the third week. Um, your test is starting to build up pretty high and likely you have high estrogen levels. Um, and if you have high estrogen levels and that mixes with dihydrotestosterone, that is the metabolite formed from testosterone. So there's an enzyme in your blood called 5-alpha reductase. And it's similar uh, to the enzyme aromatase, okay? And that both of these enzymes that float around in your blood transform testosterone into a different hormone, okay? So aromatase enzyme, when it, when it attaches to testosterone, transforms testosterone into estrogen. And the 5-alpha reductase enzyme, when it matches with testosterone, when it binds with it, it transforms it into dihydrotestosterone, which is five times more potent than testosterone in every tissue in the body except for muscle tissue, okay? It's deactivated in muscle tissue. But in non-muscle tissue, dihydrotestosterone is as strong as trenbolone, okay? So it's very, very powerful hormone. And when you take um, testosterone, if your estrogen gets up because uh, you know, it, your testosterone is converting to estrogen and your dihydrotestosterone gets up because your testosterone is also converting to dihydrotestosterone, well, if that gets into your prostate, it creates a freaking mess, okay? Your prostate swells up, it gets bigger, and um, it puts pressure on your bladder, okay? Um, and when that happens, it makes you need to pee a lot more. And you may notice that you have like a weak stream too. Um, like when it's coming out, the pee, it will not be as forceful. It'll be like more of a drip or drip after you finish peeing for like too long or something like that. Um, the main way to fix this and the principal thing that will fix having a swollen prostate is taking anti-estrogens. So if you take the anti-estrogen, you should like a Remedex, Letrozole or Examestane, you should notice an improvement um, a, a vast improvement within three hours. They're very fast acting, the antiestrogens. And um, when you take that, even if you have, you know, like these male hormones uh, that are very strong in your bloodstream, they're, they're pretty much inactive, you know, like dihydrotestosterone, or even if you're like taking Masteron, um, it's, they're pretty much inactive until in the prostate until they get activated by the presence of estrogen being there too. And then it causes, you know, the prostate to swell up. Um, which doesn't mean permanent growth, but it means, um, it means that the, the prostate will swell. Um, and then here's another thing, guys, is that if you're planning on taking steroids regularly, your prostate is going to grow, okay? It's not going to be as small as it was when you were not taking steroids. So the prostate is the most sensitive organ in the entire body to male hormones, okay? And most, mostly when, when they measure, you know, how strong is a steroid at binding to the androgen receptor? They're measuring that by you know, taking prostate tissue and putting it in a Petri dish and mixing it with, um, with, you know, whatever steroid they're trying to test. 
and seeing you know how how powerfully it binds to the the, testo- the prostate tissue because that's the most sensitive tissue in the entire body to male hormones so you are going to have you know a a larger heavier prostate on on steroids um that's an absolute fact and it will never change so <laughs> it doesn't mean you're going to get prostate cancer but again if you mix the estrogen with the testosterone and that's in your prostate then that means that you're you you know you're having problems you don't want that um and estrogen is carcinogenic it is cancer causing and having that mix of them you know having high estrogen levels on steroids is incredibly unhealthy okay so you know they say like oh you know it's healthy to not take ais well you know that may be true but it is you know cancer causing to um, have high estrogen levels so you need to balance those factors out uh yeah so for anonymous if you're if you're looking to uh get your estrogen levels if you're looking to get your uh your normal peeing back so that you don't feel like you need to pee all the time um most likely what's what you need to do is um take anti-estrogen if that's not completely solving it then the next thing would be reducing your testosterone dosage that you had less fluctuating estrogen levels and dihydrotestosterone levels and that they were just lower overall. And then if that still wasn't causing it, then the third thing that would be like, you know, in order of troubleshooting would be the, uh, the superdrol as its parent hormone is masteron and it can share some of the characteristics. It really depends on your biology though, on your personal biology. These hormones are very individual, guys. Everybody reacts to them very differently. It's all about finding the, the right roids that work for you and then sticking with them. Next question. Patrick asks, hey, killer steroids podcast. Can you get a big can you get big on pump training on a heavy cycle? I dislocated my shoulder a few months ago and have problems going heavy on pressing movements and have lost a lot of strength. Could I make gains with higher rep, lighter weight training, even without compound movements like overhead press and bench while on gear? God, I miss those movements. Yeah, yeah, those movements are, you know, those compound movements like, you know, bench press, overhead press, bent over row, squat, um, deadlift. You know, you will be able to make more gains in muscle size um, and total body power look than any other exercises with those exercises. Um, does taking them out and not being able to, to, to do them, does that mean that you know, you're incapable of making gains anymore? No, 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 but it means that you won't be capable of making as extreme of gains as if you had those exercises in. So some people, you know, they've got knee problems, you know, they've got hip problems or something. And you know, the squat is the most effective exercise um, in weightlifting for putting muscle on your entire body, okay? It's a fact, and people don't want to know that. It's another kind of like unpleasant truth because a lot of people have trouble squatting correctly um, because they they just haven't learned how to do it right. And then another thing is that um, it's a very painful exercise, you know? Like, um, it's very uncomfortable um, having all of that uh, weight loaded on the top of your body and then having it crush you as you go down and then get back up. Um, so, you know, people, it's the same thing with like, uh, you know, ketogenic diets, you know, it's also very uncomfortable to be inducted into a ketogenic diet and go through a carbohydrate withdrawal because, you know, most people are addicted to sugar and that's why it's put in all the foods in boxes and boxes and packages so that you will become addicted to those foods. Okay. So you have to basically go through like a freaking hardcore drug withdrawal to get off of it. Um, and so people have very emotional responses about not wanting to do squats, about not wanting to. Um, limit carbs or eliminate carbs from their diet. Um, it's it's a very emotional thing, um, very intense emotional feelings about these things. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that um, you know, with with doing things like squats, with doing things like bench press, they w- they will get you the best results. But can you make results without them? Yes, you can. Um, like I said, the the results just will not be as extreme as they would be with them. So if you can't do a squat. You know, can you still make gains on leg press? Absolutely. If you can't do a bench press, can you still make gains with dumbbell press or with hammer strength press or whatever, you know, or even flies? Absolutely. Are the gains going to be as good as they could have been if you could do those compound exercises? No, but that doesn't mean just because you can't do the best exercises that you just need to not train. You can still train and you can still make progress. Um, so what, you know, if you've got, if you've got a, a shoulder issue and uh, you can't do stuff like a bench press anymore, 
Um, you can still do whatever you can do, but you, st you just need to make sure that over time you're adding more sets or you're adding more weight or you're adding more sets with the same weight or more reps with the same weight. You need to be, okay, what you're, what you're doing when you, you know, you're eating your food and you are taking your steroids is you are doing things that change your metabolic environment that allow you to make muscular adaptations, okay? So you need to cause the stimulus to make those muscular adaptations in the gym, you know? Just going to the gym for a year and doing the same thing, you, you know, if, if your steroids aren't allowing you to increase your gym performance over time, it doesn't mean, you know, doing more and more weight over time, but it does mean doing more and more of something over time, okay? Your sets lasting longer, your rest periods being shorter, you're doing more reps with the same weight, you're doing more sets with the same weight. Something's got to be increasing in order to push the amount of work that you're doing over time uh, bigger and bigger because that is the stimulus for change. Your body doesn't want to change. Um, you know, steroids help change the metabolic environment in your body to help that happen, okay? So just keep that in mind. Yes, you can make gains. Uh, but make sure that you're making progress in the gym in some form or fashion. Next question is from Strunk, who asks, no, he says, I love this podcast. It's very informative and great to listen to when working or at the gym, even though I am a natty. Anyway, my question for your podcast is about creatine. I know it isn't a steroid, but I'd like to know what you think of using creatine while on gear. Secondly, I've seen in the internet that creatine increases sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. Is it worth taking? Uh, another quick question. Can you take provirin without being on test or any roids? Okay, I'm going to answer the one about creatine first. Okay. Most bodybuilders who are the biggest, most successful um, bodybuilders or, you know, not even just the biggest, but, you know, the most... The guys who are, who are really, you know, having a lot of success doing bodybuilding, they're not taking a lot of supplements, guys. Um, steroids are the real supplements, okay? Steroids, pharmaceutical grade growth hormone, etc. Um, you know, they, when they use supplements, they're truly using them in the sense of using them as a supplement. So, you know, like protein powder, you know, like two scoops a day and, you know, not using more, you know, the rest of their day is whole food. Okay. Um, if you want to, you know, this kind of stuff, like changing, like some guys, they want to do a lot of cheating while doing bodybuilding. And, and this used to be me too. This used to be me too, you know, and, and steroids can like help you be able to do more cheating, but you'll never be satisfied with your results until you stick to the program and do what you need, what you know that you need to do. Um, which is not eating rabbit food, you know, not eating, you know, some kind of like cakes of protein powder mixed with pancake mix and microwaving it or, you know, um, f fluffy uh, casein protein mixed with xanthan gum or something. <laughs> like you can use those things as a supplement, okay? Like, you know, once a day, twice a day, but you're not replacing your whole food meals with those things, Okay. Use them like they're meant to be used as a supplement, a supplement to your whole food diet. So it's the same thing with, with the creatine. Most, most people who use steroids don't use creatine, okay? Point blank. Most, most people who use steroids do not use creatine. Um, a lot of people who use steroids eat red meat, and red meat contains creatine. Red meat is very powerful for bodybuilding. It's powerful for bulking, and it's powerful for cutting. Very powerful tool, red meat. And, you know... Another thing, guys, is that if you're eating cholesterol, you know, some people say like, oh, eating cholesterol. Well, eating cholesterol does not equal blood cholesterol. Know that. Okay. Um, some guys take creatine. Some guys on gear take creatine, but um, not many. If you want to take it, that's cool. But it's not something that makes, uh, you know... If you add in creatine, it's like, okay, well, there's creatine, but what if you just added in an anadrol 50 instead? Well, that would be way, way stronger. So it's like an insignificant effect. But then with the creatine, you're going to get like water retention and this stuff. 
Um, so it's like most bodybuilders just don't want to do that. Most bodybuilders who are on roids, like, um, it's pretty, you know, for natural guys, it's, it's really awakening when you go on steroids and you start seeing happening to your body, what you've seen happen to other people's bodies during your like gym career. And it really opens your eyes to like, you know, explaining things that you've seen, um, in the past, things that you've seen while you've been somebody who's been into the gym or who's been going to the gym. Um, it, it opens your eyes and you see the same things happen to your own body that you've already witnessed but not known how or why they're happening in other people. These things become um, known to you. So it's, it's similar to like, you know, Adam and Eve, like, you know, partaking of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> it's really similar. It's really similar. And that, that's one of the things is that if you're a natural and you read a lot about steroids, you will never know what what they actually do until you actually use them yourself and like science guys who you know do a lot of studying about uh steroids and you know um you know even write books about steroids but they're not experienced steroid users it's it's not accurate information you have to use these things and know them and have used them personally in order to know what these things do and 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 to know you know what the side effects are going to be like and to know how to deal with the side effects like experience is so so important here so i'm getting on to your second question strong um can you take proviron without being on testosterone or any other roids yeah yeah you can um and it doesn't really have an effect on your natural testosterone levels either and it will make your libido go absolutely fucking insane so i've had some you know what a lot of my friends are natural guys why well you know some some bodybuilders are cool and and uh you know but it's it's more of a minority of bodybuilders that are cool. I mean, you see so much scamming and shit in this industry. And, you know, there's a certain kind of person that's attracted to bodybuilding and attracted, like, taking it to a, a, a certain high level. So, um, and a lot of it is based on insecurity for a lot of people. So, um, you know, that's not everybody, but it's, it's common. So uh, most bodybuilders are not going to be the nicest guys. And I really like nice people. I really like nice people. So um, I, I spend you know, a lot of my time with uh, non-steroid users. <laughs> but I'm totally honest to them, you know, about what I'm doing. They know what I'm doing and they're very interested in what I'm doing um, and asking me questions about them all the time. And usually as we become more and more friends, you know, they become more and more interested because they see how it benefits my life with their own eyes. They experience the experience of me being on roids and living my life and seeing how that makes other people react differently um, uh, to my presence. And uh, they become very interested in using them. And um, so a few of them, like, for example, in Thailand, you know, you can buy Bayer Proviron um, over the counter there. Uh, typically, like, they have it at most pharmacies. And um, it's like a 50 tablet, 25 milligram box. And the average price for that would be like at the pharmacies there would be like something like $20, $25. Um, and so they'll ask me, you know, I don't want to take like an injection and I don't want to take steroids, but like, is there any kind of like hormone I can take that, you know, I could just like take something and like see how it feels mentally or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can take Proviron. Like, for one thing, it, it re reduces your sex hormone binding globulin so that your own natural testosterone becomes more active. Um, it's not bound up by that sex hormone binding globulin inactivating it, and it becomes free testosterone, active testosterone in your body. And the other thing is that that stuff goes straight to your brain. It crosses the blood-brain barrier, and it stimulates your lizard brain. So, like, for an example, you know, <laughs> funny story was um, one of my friends one time, he's a natural guy, you know, he, he was getting more and more interested in me taking roids and wanted wanted to experience something. I said, yeah, you, you know, you could take Proviron. And so he went and got some Proviron and started taking 75 milligrams per day. And, you know, the first couple of days, you know, it doesn't kick in. Proviron is not something that you can use on demand. It's something that you have to be on for a few days before it starts working, about three to five days. And so the first few days he was like, I'm not feeling anything, man. I'm not feeling anything. I was like, just hold on. Just hold on. <laughs> and by... By the uh, by, the fifth day, you know, he was he was just just absolutely controlled by his dick, you know. 
<laughs> you, you know, just, just constantly thinking about sex and having total sexual compulsions and, um, uh, you know, just totally chasing the pussy and, and his mind couldn't be on anything else. Um, so it really does. Um, Masteron and Proviron, both of these things cross the blood-brain barrier very easily and affect your lizard brain and give you these impulses, strong impulses that are very real. And if you're natural, even on Proviron, you will feel that. Um, and you, you will feel the most, um, it, it's annoying though, you guys, you know, you may want to feel it just, you know, to just see what it is, but it's not something that is practical um, to be having those kinds of feelings like attacking you all throughout the day like that. It's, uh, you know, 100 milligrams of Proviron is more like, uh, where that would hit for like most people, but for a natural, somebody who's natural and never experienced uh, roids before, it I mean, 75 milligrams is enough. Uh, so it's it's very potent hormone for, for the mental, the mental effects. Okay, next question is from Nick. Thoughts on IGF-1 LR3 peptide? Any benefits in running this? Could it be used to complement pharmaceutical HGH use? Yeah, it works. Um, it works as like a, as a growth, um, to, as, as like a muscle growth or hyperplasia um, agent and also as an organ growth agent. So IGF-1 LR3 grows things, okay? When people take it, they take it locally for a local site enhancement effect, but it does go in, it has a more potent site enhancement effect in the area where it's taken. But um, they, it also, and, and it's like a recovery thing, okay? So you take it immediately post-workout. But it also goes systemic, and it's one of the major things that is like responsible, you know, like mixing with insulin. It has very insulin-like effects in the body. It just grows things, okay? So if you take IGF-1 LR3, you'll notice that if you get cut, or if you even get a big cut, like, you know, skinning your knee, like that shit will be growing back over fast, okay? 24 hours, there will be a massive... Um, um, healing response to it, okay? And when you see that, you know what this kind, of, what this stuff is having, the kind of effect that it's having in your body. It grows things indiscriminately, okay? That's what IGF-1 does. Um, and so when you're talking about like heart growth, organ growth, um, growth hormone belly, insulin belly, okay? IGF-1 LR3 would be a principal, um, principal agent in causing those things. Insulin, and IGF-1 LR3 are the two principal agents that cause um, the disgusting type of bodybuilding that, um, you know, looks like uh, it just doesn't look normal anymore. It doesn't look like a normal person. It looks like some kind of freak. And um, it's not the kind of thing that the average person would see and say, whoa, I want to look like that. Okay, that's steroids. But when you start adding in, um, and, and you know, a little bit of growth hormone. Okay, but when you start adding in a lot of peptides, start adding in insulin, you start adding in IGF-1, LR3. A lot of guys, you know, especially when they begin using it, they'll talk really highly of it and be like, wow, this stuff is the greatest. But, you know, after a while, after some years of using it, it it's bad news, guys. So that's IGF-1, LR3. And if you notice, a lot of the people that are like really hyping it up are guys who are not known for, um, you know, not known for being the most... Uh, Guys who are taking care of their health or something like that. I'm just saying, if IGF-1, LR3, if you're taking big dosages of that, that that's growing your organs. Okay? End of story. That's growing your organs. It's growing your muscles too. Okay? And, and it's very effective for growing your muscles. It's, um, it's, it's definitely effective. Okay? Next question is from Gustavo. Does ethnicity have anything to do with steroids? Do some respond better to it than others? Say black versus white or Arab versus Asian. Mm, the main factor in response is like your genetic makeup of, and just response to bodybuilding in general, is your genetic makeup of um, how much fast twitch muscle tissue you have and where it's at. Okay, so you see people who have weak points in their physique. These weak points are points in their body where their genetics do not have a lot of fast twitch muscle fiber tissue, which is the kind of tissue that produces size, produces explosive acceleration, power, and maximal strength. So 
if you're there, there is some there is some um, variance about how you know, everybody has a gene pool. OK, so if you have the black gene pool, you have the white gene pool, you have the Arab gene pool, you have the Arab Asian gene pool. That would be absurd to say that there's not variations in how often these genetics for um, having more fast rich muscle fibers or more body parts on your muscle being composed of uh, fast twitch muscle fibers than others. So if you look at most um, contact sport athletes, you know, black and white people are the generally the guys who are doing that the most. Um, and those kinds of muscle fibers are more, um, more readily seen in those gene pools. But it doesn't mean that, you know, the other races don't have those, um, those characteristics in their gene pools too. And also some of these other races, um, it just means that it's, it's like, it's like less, less frequently popping up and, but so they have their own talents. Okay. They have their own talents. Like, you know, Asian guys have a predisposition for getting totally ripped and so do Arab guys. Okay. And then you have like, you know, certain genetics for like muscle belly shape and stuff and, you know, certain, Different places um, in the world have a certain uh, gene pool that commonly comes out with a certain phenotype that produces a certain um, aesthetic or pleasing to look at muscle shape. Okay, so as far as like does uh, does ethnicity have anything to do with steroids? Yeah, to some degree, but it's it's really like a it's it's kind of like stupid to be focusing so much on that because another thing that you can do is is everybody has different metabolism of testosterone too. Okay. Just, just know that you're not competing with these other guys so much. You're, you're just trying, the only thing that you have control of is yourself. Okay. And you, you should be looking, instead of being looking at these other dudes and, or, or saying like some kind of limiting factor, like, Oh, I wasn't born the right race or, or, or the, the right race or, I wasn't born with the right height or, or something like this. And, and I'm doomed or my, I was born with the wrong size hip bones. Guys, that's the way that losers talk, man. People, losers on the internet have uh, brainwashed people and make them like be concerned about this shit, man. You can build an awesome physique, whatever your freaking genetics are. If you gain some muscle size and you get ripped, people are going to notice and they're going to appreciate the hard work that you did. Okay. And that's really what matters. Standing up on a stage with a bunch of other dudes, oiled up, flexing together with a bunch of men watching you in the audience, okay? That is not the reason why people are bodybuilding, except for a very small few, okay? Most of them are doing it because they like to feel good about themselves. They like to feel good about their body. They like to have a good response from other people. And they want to improve their body from the state that it's currently at and take it to something that is what they consider to be better, more powerful, um, more hard looking. Okay. So don't, don't worry about, don't worry about that kind of stuff. Next question is from Tarek. My friend wants to take growth hormone along with HRT. So HRT is hormone replacement therapy. So that means that he's taken like 250 milligrams of testosterone per week or 200 milligrams of testosterone per week from the doctor. You recommend taking two IUs of growth hormone daily, post-training, or morning. Not for bodybuilding purposes. He only wants to take them for anti-aging. Yeah, so growth hormone will um, increase the thickness and the collagen in your skin um, for anti-aging. And it will do that at two IUs per day. So um, there's multiple studies that show that um, it increases the thickness of your skin to something like 15 to 20 years um, earlier. So... And you notice this, even me, you know, at, you know, I, first time I used growth hormone, I was 28 years old and noticed, yeah, changed my skin. Definitely notice your, your skin's different. Like the elasticity of it, um, it becomes different. Um, so it can make, you know, you see these collagen supplements in the stores, you know, or you see these celebrities, you know, saying like, you got this box, you know, with pills inside that says collagen, collagen 5,000. <laughs> They're taking growth hormone. They're taking growth hormone, pharmaceutical grade growth hormone, and then they're showing you this box and, and it's a scam. Okay. So, so the, the thing with, with growth hormone and anti-aging, yes, it is real. 
If you want to take it for anti-aging, you should take it before you go to sleep because that's mimicking the normal growth hormone response that people have. That's how doctors have kids take it when they're, uh, when they're taking it for stunted growth, stuff like that. So you should just take the growth hormone, the two I use, um, before you go to bed. And uh, yeah, it's going to have anti-aging effects for you and some fat loss effects. Uh, two, two I use a growth hormone. It's not, not going to knock you out, uh, but it's, it's going to have an effect. Um, and like you, like you're asking for, for anti-aging, yes, it's going to make your skin look different. It's going to make it thicker and more pliable. Okay. The next question is also about growth hormone for Trent from Trent purchased some pharmaceutical grade Ansimone growth hormone. That's Chinese growth hormone made for Chinese hospitals, not for export. So Ansimone is pharmaceutical grade, even though it's made in China, but it's made for, um, Chinese hospitals. Okay. So that's like the one type of Chinese growth hormone that is legitimate. I'm wondering what the benefits of our running two IUs year round. I have a very physical job on top of high intensity training. Yeah, if you're on um, some growth hormone like like two IUs or whatever, um, two two IUs, two and a half IUs, three IUs, four IUs, just depending, you know, the effect is greater the more you take. But at two IUs, it's definitely effective and. Um, what it does is it makes the food that you eat be totally preferentiated, the carbohydrates, the fat, and the protein towards building and repairing your body and not for doing other things, okay? That becomes your body's priority, is building and repairing itself. And uh, all other um, uses of food and metabolic resources are then secondary to that. So growth hormone has an incredibly powerful effect on the food that you eat and uh, what your body is doing with that food. It is, it's really powerful. So you will notice that your recovery is better taking growth hormone, um, that, uh, it, it makes you a little bit sleepier though. Okay guys. So if you take growth hormone, you need to sleep about an hour longer every night. Um, that's because what are you doing? You know, you're hewing during your sleep and, uh, it influences that. So it will make you a little bit more tired, sleep, uh, needing to sleep a little bit more. Not tired throughout the day. The first two, two weeks, you'll be a little bit more tired throughout the day. It'll make you sleepy, but then you'll adjust to it. Also, there's a little bit of water retention during the first couple weeks on farm grade, but that mostly goes away, um, again, after about two weeks as your body adjusts to it. On generic growth hormone, growth hormone quotes, there is an astronomical amount of water retention. You'll look like a puffer fish if you use it. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you take the two IUs year round, you're going to be a little bit leaner. Your body fat's just without changing your diet, your body fat's just going to be lower, magic. And uh, your muscles are going to be a little bit fuller. And your food that you eat is going to be used to recover more preferentially. So you'll get better effects from eating less food in your bodybuilding training. And yeah. All right, the next question is from C. Tarky. He asks, saw what you looked like a few days ago after being out of the gym for months. You kept a lot of size. Obviously, your strength might be down because of neural adaptations, but I'm impressed with that. Been listening to the podcast lots on Spotify. One question for muscle maturity. Does it exist? If so, how does this occur? Does the body adapt to your current body fat muscle mass and try to keep a homeostasis given the hormone profile and diet are consistent? Yeah, yeah, the muscle, the muscle maturity or like, um, like muscle size over time um, on growth hormone and steroids is a real thing in that you will make um, permanent adaptations over time. How is this done? Okay, if you take a slice out of a steroid user's muscle, and you take a slice out of a natural's muscle. In each muscle cell, there will be multiple nucleus or multiple DNA depot, more DNA in the muscle cell of the steroid user, okay? It, it increases muscle cell DNA content to use steroids. And taking more steroids over time makes this more intense, okay? And doing growth hormone with steroids, the combination makes satellite cells or stem cells differentiate and become muscle cells. So stem cells are cells that are undifferentiated. They can become any cell, but if you train and then take growth hormone afterwards um, and, and you're taking steroids at the same time, 
then those stem cells will be influenced by the growth hormone and steroid combination to become muscle cells. So you'll actually add muscle cells to your body. Whereas if you're just using steroids or if you're natural, you won't actually add muscle cells to your body. You'll increase the amount of, on steroids, you'll increase the amount of DNA inside the muscle, which is permanent, um, but you won't increase the amount of muscle cells that you possess. You'll be increasing the size and the amount of DNA in existing muscle cells. So that's what growth hormone does and that's how it has an effect on like a permanent type muscle gain. But I do want to tell you guys too that like if you don't have the meds in your blood, you will not look like you're on the meds, okay? Even if you've taken roids for a long time, etc. If you've taken growth hormone for a long time, etc. They will go into hibernation mode. Um, when you go off of the gear, okay, and this this happens for everyone, yeah. and um, but the the content, you know, the amount of cells, the amount of DNA in the muscle cells is permanent, and so when you've built up years and years on doing that, um, once you apply the hormones to your body again that uh, make you big, it wakes that stuff up again. It wakes it up, and you your body snaps back into shape. The best word to describe this phenomenon is the body snaps back into its bodybuilding form. So you'll see guys, and you'll notice this in your own body after years on roids too, that they'll go off cycle and they'll, you know, after three months or something or four months, you know, they'll not look like anywhere near like they were, like when they were totally jacked up, you know, or yourself. Um, on, on gear and, and you'll be like, oh damn, you like lost a lot of muscle or something or like you look way different, but then they go on cycle and it's like, holy shit. After three weeks, they are back. They are back. And so you just see this person changing daily before your eyes. And it's just like absolutely unbelievable when they go back on cycle. And that's because the, you know, that information that their body permanently now possesses it did not go away. It just went into hibernation mode. The muscles went into hibernation mode. And now when they apply the PEDs, the medications again, all of it is woken up and it snaps back to the way that it was before. Okay. So that's, that's what like, um, muscle, like muscle memory or like muscle maturity, um, a bit can be described as how, how that happens. Okay. The next question is from Richie who asks, the steroids stack for men's physique athletes and fitness models who want to go from 180 to 220. <laughs> the lean bulk cycle, you covered already the typical fat loss of these people. Uh, well, it depends on how tall you are. You know, I'm, I'm assuming you're a, your average height, 5'9", 5'10", um, and you want to go from 180 to 220. Well, you know, you got to be, it's mostly growth hormone, guys. It's mostly growth hormone. Um, that. That makes a pretty big difference. Um, once once you get on four IU's to six IU's of pharmaceutical grade growth hormone, and you're keeping that in there all the time, that's like you know fifteen to twenty pounds of muscle on top of your uh, normally like maxed out um, like steroid muscle. Um, but also also just um, dosages, of course. Uh, you know, you got to be on you got to be on big dosages. If you want to be big, if you want to be a ripped up freaking lean 220 pounds and you're an average height, well, you're not going to be taking cycles that are less than uh, like a gram and a half of steroids. Like, absolutely not. And, you know, you're most likely if you want to be conditioned like that at that weight, you know, not being down again like 200 pounds. And again, I'm talking about average height, guys, when you're conditioned. You know, you're going to need to be on a pharmaceutical grade growth hormone. So that's pretty much the answer to that question. Agent asks, hey... Still doing them truth bomb podcasts? I got a question for you. Do you jack up the dosage from the beginning of the cycle or slowly work your way up due to the absence of amount of androgen receptor present during the start of the cycle? I'm glad that you know that um, taking more steroids means that you create more androgen receptors. There's a heavy misconception um, and, and lie that uh, meant to confuse people that, you know, oh, you, you're going to like burn out your receptors for your steroids and the longer you take them, the more uh, less you have re steroid receptors because they adapt to having more in the blood. And it's, it's actually the opposite. The more steroids you take, the more androgen steroid receptors you produce um, in your body to handle those steroids. So Agent already knows this. He's very well researched. Good question. 
Um, yeah, it is, it is typical to increase the dosage as you, as you go on with the cycle. Do I do this? Yeah. Yeah, I do do that. And, uh, that's pretty much what, you know, the pros that I know and the guys who are, you know, competitors or very serious bodybuilders with impressive physiques. That's, that's also what they do. So this is something that, and it's also just natural because when you, um, when you come to a plateau on your steroid cycles and you will, um, you know, and you want to keep it going, you'll notice that if you increase the dosage or add more, it keeps going or add more types of steroids, it keeps going. So, I mean, yeah, that is, that is, uh, a technique that is definitely used by successful bodybuilders. Okay. Next question is from Dawson. Does trend have a strong sexual effect on women feeling attraction for you? Ever since I've been on it, women initiate a lot more and seem to always want to be around me. I haven't noticed this too much with other steroids, but with trend, they always seem to want my attention, even when I'm minding my own business. Well, yes and no. Um, it does have an effect on sluts, guys. Um, because, um, and, and you know what? Sluts are not good news either. You know, I just want to say something that, you know, feminism creates sluts, Okay. And while that may be pleasurable for a short period of time, and especially like when you're young, it can be fun to play around with that. Um, what it overall does to our culture is absolutely destroys it. Okay. And it makes men, you know, the only men, you know, when you have a culture like that, well, the only men, um, you know, that promotes being a slut, the only men that, um, you know, really have much sex with women are the <laughs> ones who treat the women like shit and completely objectify them, you know, and then the, the women, um, you know, hate their lives and, you know, feel like, um, men, um, uh, you know, objectify them and, uh, shit like that. So it becomes this, um, circle of pain. Okay. So, you know, you notice, um, as a man that like, Oh, I got to like treat women, um, like shitty in order to like have sex with them. Um, <laughs> when you're around sluts. Okay. And you notice that this has an effect and what, and what trend does is it makes you like a bit delinquent, you know, it makes you, you know, you're emotionally not warm. Um, and your body language changes, um, your nonverbal communication changes and you're more volatile, um, heavier risk taker. Um, these are all more aggressive. These are all types of things that women who, you know, like have daddy issues are very attracted to. Okay. So when you're on trend, yeah, that type of girl does go for that. But if, if you're looking, if you're looking for like a relationship or you're in a relationship, um, and, and you're with a nice girl or you want to be with a nice girl, it will totally fuck that for you. Okay. So, so if you, if you, um, if you are in a relationship, the trend below will mess up your relationship to some degree, to some degree. Okay. Um, or if you're looking for the type of girl that, um, wants a relationship, it will turn them off and make them not attracted to you. But if you're looking for, um, quick sex hookups, one night stands, yes, it will increase your attractiveness to women. All right, and the last question for the day is Richard asks, why does injecting testosterone increase prolactin levels for some people? Well, one of the um, effects of uh, testosterone and why it makes you gain weight um, is that it reduces your thyroid hormone levels a little bit. And so thyroid is a counterbalancing uh, hormone with prolactin. So when your thyroid hormone is high, that helps keep prolactin levels low. And when your thyroid hormone levels go down, uh, prolactin has a tendency to rise somewhat. Um, also, estrogen is a component. So if your estrogen is higher, it's also likely that your prolactin will raise. This, has, this is very genetically variant because okay? we're talking about you know, secondary effects of hormones. We're not talking about primary effects. So this is very dependent from person to person. This is not a blanket statement that affects everyone. But... Um, Generally, yes, uh, steroids do slightly uh, reduce thyroid hormone, which then generally slightly re uh, increases uh, prolactin, and that's that's the reason why uh, prolactin 
uh, increases in a lot of, of steroid users, you know, on, on a blood test, you know, they'll be like, what? I'm not using Trend. I'm not using Deco. Why is my prolactin high? And it's, it's because of the thyroid usually being, um, you know, down comparison to what it would be um, naturally. And, you know, then they say, like, do I need to use cabergolin? And, and the only thing is if it's affecting you, if the increased prolactin is affecting you. But a lot of times it's not. And a lot of times they'll see that on the blood test, but they'll say, you know, I'm not feeling any prolactin side effects. I'm not feeling deep gyno that is like stinging when, you know, if my nipple bumps a door doorway or something where I get this deep stinging pain or, you know, I have a noodle dick that, you know, just cannot get hard, cannot climax, cannot finish, or, you know, have a brain fog or, you know, I'm having uh, very um, disturbing uh, like sexual fantasies. Okay. Cause those are, those are, um, like characteristics of like DECA and PREN, which increase prolactin and stimulate uh, progesterone receptors. So um, usually those effects are not happening. When somebody is just taking testosterone, they see that their prolactin is raised on the blood test. So um, no, you don't need to use K-Bergoline or Premipexil or anything to take care of it. If it's like that, you can just ignore it. But uh, if if you are being bothered by those side effects, then yes, using a very low dosage of uh, K-Bergoline, like a a quarter milligram, like once or twice a month, uh, will probably put it into order. If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast.com on Instagram. Until next time.